is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And I'm Cameron Matheson, and I'm in a whole bunch of Hallmark movies, so I like them a lot. (laughs) And this (laughs) is the Deck the Hallmark Podcast. Wow. Boy, oh boy. What a good day it is, guys. So Cameron Matheson said, boys, I'll join you on the podcast, but I want to wake up as early as possible. That's right. I don't want to do it late in the day. I'm in California. I want to get up before my entire family. That's the only way I'll join you. So Cam, we're on your time, buddy. Thanks so much. No, man, I'm glad it worked out for you guys. You know, I actually thought most Mondays, obviously, I'm, I'm, I also host Home and Family at uh, Homework Chef. So I, I thought this would be a good time because it would be before I have to go to work over there. But it's actually a holiday Monday, so uh, my plan was completely poor. <laughs> could, have joined, could have joined us any time, wow. and he's up at 7 a.m. You, you want to go back to bed? We'll do it again in a couple hours, or are you good? You're up now. You're up now. I'm up now, baby. I'm up. I've already had uh, three like uh, little espressos, so Look I'm ready you. to go. Yeah. Oh, Look at those little cups. Um, Cameron, thanks so much for joining us. It's a, it's a true joy. Uh, I think when we met you on Home and Family, uh, we immediately felt this guy's our new best friend. That's right. And so to finally have you on the show is such a joy for us. No, I mean, we talked about that. I, uh, you guys are a riot. You're, uh, you know, you're awesome on Home and Family and you're, this is the show that you guys do. People love it. I mean, you're so good at it. And, um, you know, I was, I'm glad it worked out. I mean, this guy. Um, Cameron, we always like to go back to the beginning of life, <laughs> not like for all of humanity, but mainly for you. So when we're talking okay. to someone, we want to right, find out. Go, I was ready to go all the way back. Whatever. <laughs> what, is, what are your thoughts on creation? No. <laughs> so what, what were you like as a, as a kid? Were you, uh, were you somebody who immediately said, I want to act, I want to do this? Or did that come later in life? What were you like as a kiddo? Yeah, it definitely came uh, way later. I was extremely shy as a kid. I was actually um, physically handicapped um, until I was seven. I had a I had a large um, a metal brace on my legs. I didn't walk until I was seven. I had I had to wear this thing night and day. Wow. Um, yeah, like it was sort of like you imagine what Forrest Gump had, but way bigger and you and not movable. I had a crutch in back and a crutch in front. I had to swing myself for my whole young life. So I'm saying all this because it, it, it you know. You, it really made me super shy and very self-conscious. Uh, even when I, I got this brace off, I learned how to walk. Um, and I, um, I, I mean, it was painful for me to be around people. Like when my parents had guests over in their house, like, and I was a, you know, a teenager, I would hide and run upstairs. Like I never wanted to be in front of anybody. So the fact that I'm now entertaining and it's, it's, it, it goes to show you that anybody can do anything. Like it really does. So, I started, um, uh, I studied um, engineering in college. I went to a civil engineering school, McGill University. And my roommate at that time uh, was a, is an actor. His name's Andrew Miller. He's now a writer here in Hollywood. And I would work on scenes with him. And then I'd meet some of his acting friends. They'd come over to the house and, or to the apartment. And I'd meet them. And I'd always sort of fantasize a little bit about being able, and I would run lines with them. I'd work on their scripts with them, and they'd be like, you know, you're pretty natural. And I'd be like, oh, cool. And so I was slowly kind of coming out of my shell. And then in my, my last year engineering, I was at a uh, – I couldn't get a job uh, with a professor. I usually worked with professors uh, in my summers of engineering. And so in that one summer, the summer before my last year, uh, somebody told me I should go check out a modeling agency and make some extra cash or whatever. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> And it worked out. I made, you know, I started booking some jobs and I, I made more um, in, a, in a week than I'd made the last like three summers combined. And I was like, this doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I finished my last year engineering. I see that I'm in the sunlight now. Is this lighting going to be okay for no, you, guys? you? You look great. You look great, man. Oh, okay. It's splashing um, off looks like face. you've been a model. That's so. right. <laughs> I, the, sun, the sun's rising. It's like that morning sun. Um, <laughs> And, you know, so I finished my engineering degree, but I started modeling and taking acting classes and still quite shy, but coming out of my own, my shell. And one thing led to another and I started booking jobs and I booked a movie called Studio 54 while still in Toronto. 
uh, with Mike Myers and Nev Campbell, Ryan Phillippe and all that. And then um, I booked all my children and then, you know, my life really changed. Wow. So do you ever look back on your life and feel like you really wasted your civil engineering degree? <laughs> Say, say that one more time. Do you ever look back on your life and feel like you really wasted you, your civil engineering degree? You just, man. I mean, you know, uh, I, clearly my, my parents sometimes do. Um, <laughs> my, I mean, clearly looking back, I, I think to myself, you know, there was no doubt that's what I, what I was meant to do. I was very strong in math and sciences. My dad went through engineering and like it, it was, it was very comfortable for me. I loved and I loved studying that stuff. I know it sounds weird. But um, at the same time, it um, it prepared like so in engineering school, you've got to cram in a, a massive amount of material and then you forget it. And and you have to deal with like pressure and you have to learn how to deal in group because we have all these group projects. And so in many ways, it was a great prep, especially for um, for the soap that I did for 14 years, because um, that's, you know, in a massive amount of material every night. And then you're kind of learning new lines and it's under pressure and. So there's many things that I kind of still took away from engineering. Um, and I, I got to do it as a hobby as far as design build. I, I've renovated a lot of things and, and designed a lot of things. And I've used elements of my civil engineering degree in my life more as a hobby. But, um, yeah, you know, it's – I mean, I'm, I'm – you know, it's a bit of a stretch. God bless you for taking a joke uh, from me and turning it into a real answer. You're a champion. Uh, well, your face does now. Your your face does now look like the sun. So if you, it is slowly like evolved into. Uh, there it is. It's hey, perfect. it's perfect now. Let me ask you this, uh, Cam. So you're uh, you're on all my children for yeah. over one thousand episodes. Is yeah, what yeah, for sure. Way over, yeah. Over 1,000 episodes. And so, uh, you know, most people who work in Hallmark, we ask them like, oh, a 15-day shoot to make a feature film. It's, it's so hard, blah, blah, blah. And I know that that wouldn't, wouldn't be the case for you who are reading lines every day, your, your day in, day out. But my question is, is you've got, you know, you during your time on All My Children, you got to go and be a guest on CSI, on JAG. Did you ever show up to some of these other TV shows and they're making one 40-minute episode in like a week and you just be like, man, this is really cute. Like, this is really funny that they're spending all this time. Like, how easy of a transition was that for you after just grinding on All My Children every day? You know, in a way, it was incredibly hard. Really? I'll tell you why. It was so slow. <laughs> like it drove me crazy. Like it was amazing. It drove me crazy. They they would take like a three quarter page scene and it would take like a day to shoot it. it you know what I mean? Like it, it was, you know, and also you got to understand we got one, maybe two takes at like a four page scene where you're moving and you're memorizing and you go around. So as a young, as a very green actor coming onto the soap, I was like used to. My first or second go at it being the one, you know what I mean? Like being the one where the emotions come out, being the one where you get that spontaneous reaction. You don't really know what's going to happen. It was almost severely under-rehearsed live theater, every scene that you're doing at uh, All My Children. So when you do like – I started, you know, as, as you mentioned, doing some some guest spots on some of the primetime shows. That um, So for people that don't understand, they'll do usually um, – you know, between five and seven pages a day, maybe even less than that, maybe between three and five pages a day. We were doing about 100 to 110 pages a day. So, <laughs> Holy smokes. So, so it, it, was, it was hard to do the same lines, the same scene 20 times in a row. Cause so, so for people that don't get it, like uh, I know you guys know, but on a primetime show, they start with the wide shot, right? So they'll be way out and they'll set the scene and they'll get the wide. It's called the establishing shot. And then, but the actors will do the scene and then they'll come in and they'll do like a medium and you'll still do the scene. And, and each one of those will be like five, six takes till they get it right. And then they'll come in and they'll get coverage. So they'll get like maybe like a tight two shot and then a single of her and a single of you. And so by the end of it, you're doing the scene about 30 times. And I wasn't used to that. So by the time you get your close up, you've said the lines over and over and over and over and over and over again and became very rote for me. Like it became like, how do I even feel what I'm saying now? Because I've been saying them so many times. So in a way, it was a new, it was a totally, um, well, not totally new, but it was a very new aspect of the, of the profession. You seem like somebody that really likes that challenge of new, new, new all the time. I mean, when we were on Home and Family, 
um, you had this amazing way of being really gracious and kind while also talking to three or four different producers and directors about we've got this next, this going on. And it's like you almost had it all memorized. Do you, is it almost like get, having to do something every day? Like if it's not a soap opera, then it's home and family. Is that just kind of where you thrive? Like, or is that just how your mindset is? Is I like this new snappy pace where I just get to keep moving and keep doing. Um, that's a really good question. Cause home and family, um, is absolutely like, like that, just like you say, where, you know, I, I describe it like you've got a presentation in front of thousands of people. That's going to be a four hour presentation every single day. You've got to be the expert of it. It takes four hours to shoot the show for you. got to be the expert of it. And you get that material at 8am in the morning. Go <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. So you're in there and you're cramming and you're learning and you're studying and you're going from one thing to the other, just like you say. And I do, excel at that like I do it's extremely um, unique set of skills and there's other people that come through a lot of your friends you know Nikki and other people have come in and guest hosted and at the end of the day they're like oh my god <laughs> how do you do that every day meanwhile Debbie and I um, De- hmm. no you were good you're good right there Debbie buddy and I, uh, Debbie and I do excel so I, I wonder if it's just like um, something like I say between engineering school then the soap opera, and then you know, there's years in between. I was I was doing Good Morning America and Entertainment Tonight, and that was a little bit of it, but it's definitely amped up on Home and Family. So I feel like it does, it does feed that sort of like that fight or flight energy. You know, like you gotta, you've gotta. I always love live TV for that reason, where you've got you're like, you gotta know it, or you're in trouble. Yeah. And, and I I always thrive in that. So maybe you're right. Yeah. Soaps are so interesting because people that don't watch them like ourselves, they're just that thing that's always on in the middle of the day. When you're homesick, you watch The Price is Right and then a soap opera is coming right. on after that. Um, what is something for, for people that don't watch soap operas that maybe uh, you would say are, are misunderstood about soap operas? For people that don't watch them and just think that they're a thing that's on that old people watch, what's something that people might not know about them or might be a misunderstanding about soap operas? Well, I think, it, you know what, I think as somebody that was on for a lot of years, and it's been a while, right? So I think I finished in 2011, but, um, I, and, I, and I'm assuming it still takes, it's still the same. In fact, I think it's even more so that, that people don't get that if you watch a scene, and I know the lighting looks a certain way and the feel of it's a certain way, and that's only because there's so much shot every day and they need to have like a safe set of circumstances, you know, in order for it to, to move so much. So the lighting is kind of set and all that. But one thing that I would say to people is that if you watch a scene and you're moved and you and you either laugh or you cry or you're touched or or you feel whatever, it's shocking because the, the fact that these these actors and these producers and directors can create every once in a while a scene that's really really good under the circumstances that they have mm. is astonishing. Like where they're writing you know, 90 page scripts every day, every day. That's wild. And they're shooting 110 to 120 pages every day. And so every once in a while, I mean, most of the time it's like, oh boy, you know, that scene's a little whatever this, or like it looked like they didn't know their lines or it's like, oh boy. But every once in a while there'll be a scene where you're like, wow, that was really good. The lighting looked cool. The energy (laughs) was amazing. I was moved like that to me. It's, 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 if, if they can make, like, I've had actors on soap say Shakespeare's easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare's easy compared to trying to make what we do on the soaps good every day. Because, you know, like a lot of the times the writing isn't isn't ideal. You know what I mean? It's not like they're writing a 90-page script. So if you can make people emote considering those circumstances, mm-hmm. that's the hard stuff. So um, you, you had this eclectic kind of peppering in of other shows and things that you did while you were on the, the soap. How active were you in looking for auditions? Like, I imagine that's tough. I mean, is your agent out there, like, even though you're on a soap, you know, every hour of the day, like, when are you doing auditions? Were you really on your agent? Like, hey, I know I'm doing this every day, but I still want to go find that next thing. Like, was that a big push for you in your career at that point? It was a little bit of it was a little bit of both. I, I went through phases because I was on the soap for so long, so I go through phases where I really wanted to kind of branch out and do other things. And then, in which case, we would be on it with my agent and manager trying to get me out on stuff. And you know, maybe my storyline was a little quieter on the soap, so I had the opportunity to do other gigs. 
I even left the show. I left all my children for a period of months, um, and I was able to do a bunch of stuff. But then I came back. Um, but then there was also times on the show where I was just cruising. Like I was playing golf every yeah. other day. And I was like, you know what I mean? So, And then I was getting lazy. And it's hard. It's hard to keep up that desire to be the best you could be every day when you're on, you know, on there doing the same, you know, doing it for four days a week, let's say, uh, memorizing 25 pages a day for 14 years. Like, you know, you go, you go through waves of like wanting to make it the best possible and wanting to do other things and also wanting to just to kind of cruise through and go play golf in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. So, was there I'm a, just being, you know, I'm just being honest. No, that's yeah. great no, answer. That's great. I, I would, uh, you just spoke to my heart. If I could play <laughs> golf every other day, I am all yeah. in. Was there a, exactly. yeah. Was exactly. there a fear at all? Like, um, you got this steady job, this steady paycheck, which is, you know, difficult to find when you're acting. Um, but you also, as an actor, you want to act, you want to do other things. Was there this fear of, if I do this, maybe they'll kill me off. Maybe they'll, they'll kill me off the show and I won't have this steady income. And so I'm going to say no to this to keep the steady income coming. You know, it, it was more that I, I think my character on, on the soap was pretty, was so strong that I, maybe it was naive. I don't know. But I felt like the only real way that my that I would leave that show is if I chose to leave. You know, like it, it was kind of. And by the way, that could have been naive, but I it was a pretty popular character, and I was in there pretty good, and I was also prepared, and I wasn't. I, I mean, I hope I wasn't a jerk, and I, you know, like I, I really, I did a lot for the show as far as publicity and things like that. So it was more that I wanted to do other things to feel more fulfilled, but also. Um, as a backup, man, because yeah. like the soaps were dwindling, the numbers were decreasing. I, the reason why I started doing all the hosting gigs is, um, A, I, I really enjoyed it. So while I was on all my children, yes, I did little guest spots all over the place, but I also started working <clears throat> for Extra as a correspondent on um, the MTV News show Extra. And that's when I also started on Good Morning America. And that's when I did Dancing with the Stars and things like that. Like I did it to build my, um, I don't want to say brand, but sort of build my my, my name outside the soap in case things didn't work out. And by the way, in 2011 or 2010, when the show went off the air, it was the smartest thing ever because it was a seamless transition into doing other things, working with Hallmark, doing, you know, hosting jobs at the same time. So um, it, it was it was hard for a lot of people when all the, when all the soaps were getting canceled. Yeah. What is the wildest uh, soap opera storyline that you've been a part of? And not necessarily your character was the weirdest, but like in your years, what is the day you were on set and you were like, okay, this is just bat crap crazy. Like, what are we doing right now? Like, How much time are you guys have? <laughs> no, I want your top. No, I, I, no, Cam, I want to take your whole day and listen to all the stories, but that means you just, but I just want one. So many good ones. And, and the irony is, okay, so let me think about this, because there was one st- – these are mostly the storylines that I was involved in, but it's okay because they were nuts. Um, they, and, and, and in many cases, they were based the, – the, here's the thing about soaps is the storylines are so nuts, and I'm going to give you a few examples. But they're often based on real things in the news that happen in this you know, wild and crazy world. The problem is – is that they happen all in the small town of Pine Valley, yeah. all like one after the other, right? So yeah. that's that's what makes it all so silly. And people but are staying in Pine Valley. Valley. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, okay, ready? I had a six-month relationship with a ghost. Yeah, standard. Um, which was awesome. <laughs> I, I, um, I was... Um, I, I One of the most ridiculous things ever in trying to shoot it on a super low budget like a soap was like, I, I was in a plane where the pilot you know, was shot or something. And then I had to land the plane on like a fake green screen. And like that was nuts. I mean, it was really, really bad. I remember one storyline where my uh, love interest, uh, Rebecca Budding, um, she played Greenlee on the show. I think she was, or somebody was involved in, and I, I, I at the time I was donating sperm to a sperm bank because I thought my, I thought I was so awesome. My character was pretty egotistical. And she went in and, and stole my sperm from the sperm bank and impregnated herself with, I think, like a turkey baster. Yeah, like the whole thing. Standard. Like, I mean, there was so many. I got shot in the head and had amnesia and shot my wife. 
Um, and then <laughs> so Gosh, I, I want to be a writer. Yeah, well, that's great. So that sounds like fun. one one follow up. Uh, how? Why did you and the ghost break up? Like, what happened there? What was the falling out? Were you just not? Being... I mean, yeah, it was such a stable relationship. How can you imagine us breaking up? Six I... months. Like, were you just not communicating well, or what? <laughs> oh, with the with the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, she wanted to see other people. Yeah. I mean, kind of, yeah. It was it was hard. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm still trying to get over it. Uh, Cameron, one one might say that there is a similarity between soap operas and Hallmark movies in that they're both shot very quickly. Um, yeah. th- sometimes people could poke holes in the script or no. the plot. Some, some, <laughs> I don't. Uh, but what what would you say? Are, are Hallmark movies at all similar to soap operas? Um, I think, you know, I think in, in some ways they are, yeah. I think for sure, like just basically technically, um, they're, they're, you know, I mean, soaps, like I say, met, uh, shoot between 90 and 120 pages a day. And a homework movie shoot about eight pages a day, but it feels fast for most actors out there. It mm. feels very, very, very fast. Um, it's also it's also escapism. So the main function of soap operas, I guess, maybe all television is maybe maybe this is silly, but but soaps in particular, kind of like we were alluding to, have pretty wild storylines and pretty wild, like real love affairs. And, and it's, and it's supposed to be very sort of romance novel escapism, right? That's the, that's the, that's the idea is to take everybody out of, um, maybe not as, you know, not so great life and have them kind of escape into the world of soap. And for sure, Hallmark tries to do that. We really, but only on a positive side. So soaps have the, the drama and the romance and the, and the plot twists and the craziness. Hallmark tries to, to try to take people out of, you know, what may be not, the best life and the best world and whatever conditions we all have. And maybe sometimes the people do have great conditions, but the idea is escapism into the world of positivity and love and happily ever after. I believe that's a big part of, uh, of Hallmark, both on home and family and in the movies. And so in that way, I think they really, they really do function um, similar to a soap as just trying to make people forget reality for uh, an hour, two hours, uh, a day or seven hours, depending on how much you watch. How much. <laughs> and um, yeah, th- and there's that aspect. And then there's, then there's the romance and then there's aspects where they're not at all like, and that's the dark side of, sto- of soaps. And also, you know, in Hallmark movies, as you guys know, there's, there's just little, little kisses and little basic, very innocent. And in soaps, I mean, I, I don't think I, I wore clothes for the first three years on the soap opera. So I was, <laughs> I was much more scantily clad, so yeah. <laughs> um, when we were on Home and Family, uh, you had mentioned to us just kind of in passing that you really enjoyed this stage uh-huh. of your career where you were able to bring such positivity to people through uh, your work. And uh, my question for you is, what kind of led you to that decision? I mean, you're moving from a darker storylines to a much more positive outlet. What what kind of brought that about That where you're finding such satisfaction at this stage? That's a good point because I definitely came into a place in my life where that was that's what I wanted. What was it that um, I guess um, you know, like a lot of us, like what you guys do as well? I mean, you want to try and um, I mean, there was a point where I was getting older and I was a dad and, uh, and a husband, and I um, I just want to be a benefit to others. You know, like I guess it's also in conjunction with a <clears throat> spiritual life and. Wanted to be, you know, a good guy out there and doing good things, and um, uh, and, and you know, just trying to help others and help people feel good and and bring, you know, um, positivity out there in the world, just in my everyday life. So this is something that we would practice as a family, and you know, like I think a lot of people would do out there, and then enter Hallmark and started doing the movies first, um, and it just seemed like really. I just could tell the difference of how I would feel on set. Like I would enjoy these scenes. I would enjoy working on them and I could really connect to them. And I was like, man, this is something that's very authentic to me and what I try to do. And, um, and then home and family in the same way is certainly by the time that I kind of came on to home and family, cause I know it kind of morphed a little bit, um, uh, before I was there. And then as I was on there, so, uh, it, it just it, you can tell when you're excited to go to work in the morning when I feel like really excited to get up even on a, a tough 
morning and the things going on and maybe I'm not feeling well or whatever, you're still looking forward to going to work in the morning. Mm. That that's an indication that this is something that um, is really kind of true to what you want to do in your life. I love it. I do want to. Yeah, I yeah. do want to hear Cam how you got hooked up with Hallmark, like how you got there. And, but before I do, do you have a like a really awesomely bad audition story? Do you have like a story where you just went and you had an audition for something and it just went terribly wrong? Like you left and went, man, that's the worst I've ever been. Um. Yep, I do. <laughs> Uh, can you share I mean, it with us? <laughs> I mean, auditions can be so hard. You know, that, that's the hard. I think it's the hardest part of the business. I, I actually think being on set is when I come alive. Auditions, I'm not. A, I don't think I'm a terribly good auditioner. And you know, as your career goes on, you sort of audition less and less, and people may marry, you know know you and off you things. But you know, there's still auditioning out there. And there was um, one time where I was on the soap, and I was no. No, I hadn't booked all my children yet. What am I talking about? I was on um, Studio 54. I was in, I was in uh, Toronto still. And I'm trying to get this right. I put myself on tape for a, sh- a soap opera called Passions. Yeah. No. Sunset Beach. I got it. It was a long time ago. It was yeah, like yeah. 25 years ago. And I put myself on tape and I was, I was there. And I was, you know, I know this sounds silly, but I... I because of I was such a green actor, this played a big part. I I wasn't in the same physical shape as I had gotten to later. Like I was still an athletic guy, but I was, I was a little, you know, a little bit more kind of chunky, but still fit, but just not ripped or whatever, you know, like I was maybe a little bit in my twenties and thirties. I don't really understand that cam, but yeah, yeah, we're all physical physical conditions. So I don't know. That's why I say that. (laughs) It's hard for you guys to imagine this. But but I'm sorry for that burden that that you had. Yeah. So that burden. You know, aren't as in good a shape as you guys. (laughs) So anyway, I did this audition. They flew me to, they flew me to uh, LA. I stayed at the universal, like, hotels and I was going for the screen test and I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, I, I mean, I thought this was life changing and I went in there and they said, we want you to take your shirt off for the audition. And I was, and I don't even know if I've ever told this story. And, um, and I took my shirt off and I could literally see, <laughs> I could literally see the people in the auditions room just kind of go like this. <laughs> Just disappointment. <laughs> and then, like, and then your confidence gets sucked out because they know you're like, oh, this guy's like in lousy shape. And what the heck? What are we doing here? Why did we fly him in? We spent all that money. And now I'm thinking about that as I'm doing the scene. So not only did I look crappy, but I also was, I did a horrible job in the screen test. <laughs> And I walked and I was so nervous and I did a crappy job and I walked out of there and, um, and it, but it, but I learned a lot from it. Like a, when, um, other opportunities came, I, I definitely took sort of my physical appearance more seriously. I also really worked at scenes and I learned how to like try to be better under pressure. And then when my screen test came for all my children, I mean, I actually have a copy of my screen test. I was so ready for the screen test, both like aesthetically, which was a big part of it. Let's be honest. I was a young 20, I was a green actor. I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting like cast because I was like Johnny Depp or so, you know what I mean? Like I was getting cast because, you know, I was in a physical category and I was doing a nice job. Like I did, a, I did a fine job. I was comfortable and I was, you know, I was sort of realistic, but not like super thespian. And, um, and I remember doing that screen test and being like, I got it. Totally different experience from Sunset Beach to all my children. Wow. It was that's because awesome. somebody in the room, you took your shirt off and they went, whoa. whoa. Hey, I, I, took, I took my shirt off for the screen test at all my children too. It shows you what, what they wanted in, in their, uh, in their Yeah. It's yeah. almost like they have a type. Um, and I was like, definitely in the, it, like aesthetically anyway, in the best shape of my life. Like, uh, and so I knew that it is, I know it sounds silly. I knew as soon as I did that, I was like, if I had a dollar for, for every, every job interview, oh. I've had to take my shirt Man, off. It happens just, all the time. It's just hard. Oh. It's hard. I just am good. begging Costco to hire me. They <laughs> <laughs> just won't do it. Costco. It just, they have to it see you shirtless. <laughs> Say what you will. It seems so normal. Like, I know it sounds silly and for your, your, 
your listeners and followers, it, it, it like it's embarrassing and from one perspective to talk about it. I mean, but at the time, especially because I came from the world of modeling first, right? Yeah. I didn't go, I didn't study theater in, in college and then do theater in you know small community. You know what I mean? Like I literally was a model doing commercials into acting. So for me, it made like perfect sense. I was like, yeah, sure. You yeah. Want me to plan to work? No problem. Wow. That's great. So tell us how you got, you finish up with all my children. You do some other, you know, you're on GMA, you're on dance with the stars. How did you find out about Hallmark? Did your agent find this? Did you just kind of know somebody that knew somebody like, how did you get into the Hallmark world? Believe it or not, the first um, experience I had at Hallmark channel was actually going in to uh, meet about home and family. The show wow. that previous to me, like this was back right when all my children ended. I think it was like 2011 or 12, whenever they started home and family. And I was in the, the final like three or four guys that they were considering. And that's when Mark Steinis got that role. So I had met with um, at the time, uh, CEO Bill Abbott and Michelle Vickery was new as the um, uh, executive vice president of programming. And um, and then also the uh, executive producer at the time, um, Woody. Can't remember Woody's last name. And uh, and so that was my first Hallmark experience. And then and then I was doing. Um, I did a TV movie for uh, for Lifetime. I did a TV movie for ABC Family. And I worked with producers there that were doing a Hallmark movie, and they couldn't get like this smaller role in one of the Hallmark movies. That was a bit of a bit of a jerk he was he was like the the kind of like the boyfriend that they the the, the girl shouldn't have and then ended up with the hallmark stud classic and i was i was the i was the jerk and he said listen man i need you to do me a favor this is not a lead role um this is the producer it's for hallmark you get in good with hallmark and you never know man it would be awesome and i said yeah man this sounds great i love the character the character was something like i don't often get to play the real jerk and so it was a movie called uh, window wonderland with paul campbell mm. <clears throat> And I can't remember who the, the female lead was. She didn't end up being like a regular Hallmark girl. And um, and you know, I just finished that shooting that. And I guess the uh, I guess uh, Bill or Michelle saw what I did, and they had me go right in for Christmas ornament. And I shot that with Kelly Martin, and then it all exploded. Well, after speaking that. of Paul Campbell, that guy's a real jerk. Am I right, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean. <laughs> By the way, he's he's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. In oh my yeah, whole life. oh he's fantastic. Yeah. Is he yeah. on? Uh, yeah, he's he like, comes he on. Have his own sitcom. That guy yeah. should have his own sitcom. He's yeah. come on the show a couple of times. He's great, man. We love him. That's why we called him a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's a he's a nightmare. He's a yeah. nightmare to work with. Yeah. Prima donna. He's very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> difficult. Just. His his trailer. He had a, a rider that was really long. I bet he was just. We tough tried. On set. We tried to get him to do his interview at seven a.m. and he said no. No. And so, <laughs> just no. That's where we're. Did at. you guys have to hire like a whole uh, crew to shoot him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm using my iPhone right now. I'm just yeah. letting you know. <laughs> I love it. Uh, t- tell me about uh, home. And F- You've been on Home and Family for a, a few years now. Um, yeah. So obviously it didn't work out the first time. Ended up working out the second time. You you got the gig, and so tell us how how that all that came together. Um, yeah, I was uh, working regularly on Entertainment Tonight as one of the correspondents and the weekend host over there. And then um, I was doing a lot of movies. I was doing two or three movies a year for Hallmark, and. I think there's some aspects of the story that I probably, um, you know, like, I don't know, it's not like it's dramatic or anything, but um, the executives at Hallmark called and asked me if I was um, interested, if it was something that I would wanted to do and when my contract was up at ET and and the conditions, uh, I had filled in a little bit too. So I yeah. filled in and I think, I think when I filled in, um, you know, they check numbers and they check ratings and stuff. And I think that went, was, was very, you know, it went well. Um, and they asked you know, about all that and the conditions worked out perfectly. And for whatever reason, it was time to make a change with Mark and they, um, uh, and they brought me in and, and <laughs> I, I mean, my only, my only hesitation was that I knew I was going to be able to do less movies, obviously right. working five days a week. Um, but, uh, it's actually, it's for sure the, what I would consider the best job I've ever had in my whole life. Like it's my favorite job I've ever had. Wow. wow. Yeah, I love it. It's to be a place in my life where I get to go there. I mean, I'm not just saying that it, it you know, like this is, if I kind of wrote out my career right here, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly happy. So that's kind of my question, Cam. Uh, your birthday is on IMDb. I'm not going to give that away, but 
you're 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 a downright stunner for your age. Let me just say that first and foremost. Thanks, but man. but you're at a place in your career. You're a father. You're a husband. You've seemed to have done it all right, and now you get to do a, maybe a Christmas movie every year, and you get to work on a show that challenges your brain, and those synapses get to fire every single day. Is are yeah. you? Are, 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 this is you're pretty content. Like your 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 agent is your agent out there trying to still secure you roles doing something else right now. I mean. I mean, truthfully, between you guys I, and me, I, I, when I booked this, I knew it individually first, right? They didn't go through my agent. Yeah. Uh, and I explained to my agent that I, at this point, I'm done. Like, I don't even, I don't need it. I mean, yeah. I don't need it like that. But I don't, I have my manager who I've known for um, 25 years. And I don't, I, when, when this all came about, to your point, is I was like, I don't, I don't, ha- I'm not represented by an agent anymore uh, because. The, the movies come naturally and my job is, is fulfilling in five days a week. And there's, there's no opportunity at all to do anything else other than like sponsored deals and things like that, which come through my manager anyway. So, um, yeah, like I'm super content. I'm fulfilled. I get, uh, I get to spend time with my family. I'm not traveling as much. Um, it's, uh, I'm happy going to work. We laugh, we do, we spread, you know, like we say, you know, positivity out there in the world. We're doing things that um, I get to have. I mean, my, my wife was just on the show uh, cooking with me in the kitchen. My, That's awesome. My daughter, my son, my son works there on the week on, in the summers. Like it's a dream job. Wow. So and I, I normally don't do this, but I can you you just look, we we interview the actors from Hallmark all the time and they're all wonderful people. I'm not, they're all amazing. Everyone we have on's amazing except you, Cam, you've been a real jerk. Uh, yeah. but like the thing about Los Angeles and we've gotten to go out there a few times is everyone has an angle. Like everyone's looking for their next angle and you don't, you don't have that. You, you, from the, even in our short interaction, you clearly are content. You're clearly fulfilled. You started life with a major disability. You had a cancer scare last year. Can you just like for someone that lives in Los Angeles but doesn't have an angle? Can you just talk about what it feels like to live in a place like that and be as fulfilled and content as, as you are with what you have? Yeah, it's a it's a unique city for that reason. That so much of the city is um, based in one industry, right? The entertainment industry. And to your point, there's you know people reading scripts in Starbucks and and trying to like meet writers and get their stuff pitched and trying to like it, it's you know like to your point, it's it's. Um, it's pretty common out there, and I feel um, I, I feel like it's a po- it's possible to, to 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 live a life where you're just you know like as you know normal as possible in, in a place like this. I mean, we we live out of the city. We live sort of near the mountains and near uh, Pasadena, and um, it's it's. I, I I'll tell you what though, I've been sucked into that. Like I've gone through phases of my career where I'm definitely more affected by the business and about being, you know, famous and about being, you know, like in the chase and, and, and I, I felt firsthand what that can do and how, um, how in a way debilitating it is and how incredibly anxiety provoking it can be and how, um, how oddly enough in the, in, in the sort of the act of searching for happiness through this career and this belief that this will make you happy um it actually makes you incredibly unhappy um and leaves you completely like very unfulfilled so i've i've kind of gone through that experience which sort of coming back to an earlier question was part of the reason why i knew that doing something that was so fulfilling and spreading positivity was actually what's going to make you feel so much more fulfilled and and yeah like in the scale of being you know, super famous, you know, being a Hallmark guy may not be the same as being on a primetime show or being obviously in feature films and et cetera. But I'm telling you right now, I promise you, I'm not just saying this. I would have, if, if, if that world meant, um, and it doesn't always, it doesn't always, but if that world meant being part of the chase and the game and the ups and the downs and the anxiety and the things and the agents and the whatever, I'm over. I'm like I absolutely, without question, take where I am today uh, in a in a flash. And so, being in a city where that seems to be, um, you know, the main, you know, for the more, for the large part, not always, uh, uh, the main goal. Um, it's nice. It's nice to be uh, a slightly different. I don't know, like a, a slightly different kind of, um, you know, uh, message where you can just kind of be grounded and show that it's possible and. I feel like there's there's 
you know, a lot of people like, like that. And like your point, I don't know if I've ever met somebody that's on Hallmark that's not like that. Like mm-hmm. that is really down to earth. I don't know if everybody's kind of gone through that journey to get there. People like Nikki and I know Chris and like guys that you guys oh, are yeah. super close with and Paul, like we mentioned, and so many others. Like I'm leaving Andrew Walker and uh, and Lacey Shipman. Like there's so many. Everybody is just incredibly. I, I think I think in a large way, Candace Cameron Bray, who've been through so much of this business and come down to the point where this is what what matters most in life. So um, it feels good. It feels yeah. good to be kind of like that's great. I'm so happy that you're content, which makes it awkward. Yeah. Like, we just got hired as your replacement on Home and Family. It's weird. So, yeah. I, ha- oh, I hate to break that it's to you. It's weird that that just happened. Yeah, it's I'm really sorry, hard. buddy. I'm so sorry. I feel like it was a real bait and switch situation. Are you sure you're not? Are you sure you're not angling for a director of photography job as many times as you're trying to avoid that sun? Thank there? you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that uh, next sort of. Oh man, I think I'm failing. <laughs> I don't think I got it yet. I'm still, I'm still studying. You're nailing um, it. Before we dive, we'll we'll end with the the rapid, rapid fire. fire. We do got to talk uh, about the movie we watched this Christmas season, The Christmas Club. Um, it was uh, one of my favorites of the year. It caught me by surprise. It was like smack dab in the middle mm-hmm. of Thanksgiving week, which had all these the, the biggest stars of Hallmark are on Thanksgiving week, and then The Christmas Club was also in there, and it just kind of weaseled its way into my heart, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I loved. It. Uh, it was truly great. Tell us about kind of making that movie, what it was like uh, working on that set and, and all that good stuff. Well, I mean, I'd never met Elizabeth Mitchell until we got there to the first day of shooting, which is so crazy if you think about it. And I feel like it was one of those movies that the script was very sweet. Um, I mean, it, you know, it, it was on some levels a little, you know, obviously you kind of knew what was going to happen on, you know, like in a lot of the movies. So not all of them, but. But I feel like even so, it was just one of those movies where everything came together. Elizabeth was sweeter. Like I'm telling you right now, you're, she's one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, almost to the point where you're like, you can't even believe it's, it's real, but it is real. Hmm. And then the director was amazing, uh, Jeff Beasley, and um, the producer uh, who produces all of the, uh, the Good Witch. And it, it was one of those things that just kind of came together. All the pieces were nice. The, the, the energy on set was so comfortable. It was shot really beautifully, and I, I really enjoyed working with Elizabeth. So it was very, very easy to, to make a nice movie, a nice-feeling movie with, under the circumstances. Sometimes it's, you know, it can be a little bit trickier, and um, so I'm glad you liked it because I, I thought it was a – you know, I thought it was a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people too. So yeah. great. What's your uh, looking back, not including Christmas Club, because that's usually with actors. That's the cop out answer is the most recent one. What's your favorite of your Christmas movies or your movie, your Hallmark movies? Your favorite experience? Yeah, I, I have to say it was the first one where I got to play the main guy, and that's called the Christmas Ornament. Oh, people was, love that movie. I, uh, I, well, I'm glad it's, it's it has like I was talking to Randy Pope who's who's uh, at uh, Crown Media, a big guy who's involved in, in making all these movies. And he said there's something really unique about it. And I think he's right. It's just, it's not as light and fluffy. It's got a little bit more of a serious side. And it's, it's a little bit more, like I said, sort of tears at your heart a little. And um, I, it was it was a very, you know, I had to learn how to skate. I, like, I, like I mentioned, I, I wasn't walking when I was a young, uh, young Canadian kid. So I had to learn how to skate for that movie, and Kelly was amazing, and it came together, and it's, it, it just seems to be, out of all the movies, other than the Murder, She Baked movies, those ones seem to be really popular too. But um, other than those, uh, it seems to be the one that lasts the ages the best. Yeah, I want to. I want to ask you quickly. You have an interesting uh, point of view, being that you get to interview everybody. You kind of get an inside look on all the movies week after week that's going to air, um, and you've been doing that for a while. And you've been on Hallmark for for quite a few years. How have you kind of seen the network, the movies? Um, evolve over the last few years as Hallmark has continued to um, ride the success train that they've been riding, growing in a cable universe that is declining. They're 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 continuing to grow. So, w- how do you feel like Hallmark's evolved, and 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 what it, what are you most excited about, kind of about the future uh, of the network uh, and where it's going? Yeah, I think um, I'll talk first about. I feel from the beginning. So, I think I did my first Hallmark movie, if I'm not mistaken maybe 2013, something like that. Uh, I could be wrong. And, um, and since then, I feel like they, they're just looking better and better all the time. Like, in other words, technology's advanced. They're getting um, 
the, the locations are more and more spectacular. Obviously, they shoot a lot in Canada, but they're figuring out ways to make that more and more interesting and unique. And then, obviously, international. I've shot in Fiji. I know they're shooting in Europe. I mean, they've shot all over the place. Shooting more in the States now, too. So I feel like just the look, I feel like um, some, it's hard to keep coming up with new storylines and unique storylines. And I feel like every once in a while, you're like, oh, man, that's a new idea. That's something a little bit different. And, and I, uh, I'm excited about that. But I'm also um, mostly excited about I, I feel like there's a new – I don't know. It's not really that new. I've got to be careful. But I think the, the, the they're really spreading diversity-wise and, um, and looking – um, and all sorts of different types of movies, not just Christmas, but expanding that. I know they had a couple of Hanukkah movies in it, and I believe that that whole movement of just expanding in diversity is um, is definitely uh, a big part of the future as well. So I'm looking forward to, to being a part of that. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. It's time for the rapid fire round. We'll wrap up. We each get to ask you three questions. You got to answer them as quickly as possible. Um, and then we'll, we'll let you go. You've been so generous and it's, it's not even eight o'clock yet. Uh, uh, Dan, do you want to get us started? Yeah, absolutely. The thing that Canadians do that just LA cannot replicate like food, beer, whatever. Um, okay. That uh, probably make good beer, but also learn to, to, to say sorry for things that they've done wrong. <laughs> Love that answer. Uh, Canadians, Canadians are very good at that. Oh yeah. A lot of sorries. <laughs> if you were on the mass singer, what would your mask be? <laughs> oh man, if I was on the mass singer, my mask would be uh what's the first thing that comes to my mind? Uh Darth Vader. That's a, that's like assuming it. he's not on the mass singer that's right, right now. Who knows? <laughs> Could be, who knows. Um <laughs> The, 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 the most uh, embarrassing thing you ever had happen to you on Home and Family, mine would probably be if there was any craft, I would blow that. Like, yeah. And so I don't know if you've ever had a craft that you just could not accomplish on Home and Family. The most embarrassed you've ever been. The most embarrassing. Uh, me not accomplishing a craft happens like <laughs> almost every other day, which I think adds to the show. Yes. I don't mind that at all. I, I, in the kitchen, I fail. I may... Oh, I know. The most embarrassing thing, it was in the kitchen. It was a kitchen segment. I was introducing Kat Cora, who's married to another woman. And in the segment, everyone, like, hey, everybody, welcome back to Open Family. We're in the kitchen. And then in the, um, you know, Iron Chef, Kat Cora's in the kitchen. And we went to give a hug and a kiss on the cheek. But I went on one cheek. She went on the other cheek. We went back and forth. And we ended up, like, kissing right on the lips. Like, <laughs> really big and awkwardly. And it was super, super fantastic. And we had to stop down and do it all again. I mean, That's her fantastic. wife was watching. And it was just like I, I turned beet red. That was definitely one of the most embarrassing. Man. So I usually ask your dream director to work for. But if you don't want to work in a movie anymore the rest of your life, what's your favorite director to watch movie-wise? Oh man! If I my favorite director to, movie to watch, like favorite director to watch, or your dream director to work for, if you could oh, be, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, I would have to say, um, God, I don't know why. I'm just gonna go with the first name that comes into my mind. Is that's Martin Scorsese? Yeah, I that's not the first a name that comes into my mind. I can't imagine how I would fit into one. <laughs> I would love to see Cameron <laughs> Matheson with Robert De Niro just you effing effing FF. That'd be great. I mean, <laughs> he, he he directed my you know um, you know three of my top ten favorite movies and things. So I have to go with Martin. Yeah, okay. I love it. Uh, <laughs> best book you've ever read. Say again? The best book you've ever read. Well, it was one um, a, a while back now, but it was called The Alchemist by Paulo. Yeah. Uh, Paulo Coelho. Coelho. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was really, uh, it's, a great, it's a great story about um, finding sort of your authentic self and, and, and following the indications in the past in your life to help you kind of follow your true direction. And it was during the time where I was trying to figure out what I was going to do to my life that I was reading this book. Mm. And like Liz really paying attention to little signs and indications. And then actually flash forward, it's a large reason why I was able to find, like you mentioned, that like the tumor that was on my kidney is just really paying attention and and um, to, to being mindful and listening to the signs and indications in life and and, uh, and not ignoring them. And so it's a it, that's a bit of a stretch, but it, it's a book about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what was your go-to toy as a kid? Uh, Star Wars action figures. Yeah. 
Yeah, of course it was. Uh, what's the best? Man, I got Star Wars theme going on. I didn't even know it was that big of a Star Wars. Wow. <laughs> what's the uh, What's the best meal you've had in L.A.? The best meal that I've had in L.A. is, oh, man, it's at a restaurant. I'm not going to remember the name of the restaurant. It's downtown. Um, is it called Bastia? I can't remember, but it was with my wife. Uh, I'll get back to you on the name of the okay, restaurant. Okay, got it. Sorry, guys. You're good. Uh, we're coming to visit you. Uh, what are you planning for us to do to hang out as bros? What are we going to do? You're not really coming to visit me, are you? No. I mean, <laughs> we will probably be there in July yeah, for, we'll uh, for a convention. Great. I'm going to take you. Uh, oh, yeah, right. For the convention. I'm going to take you out to play golf at Lakeside. Yes. Uh, straight down, like a course where, like, you know, Andy Garcia, Joe Pesci, Cam. Um, Justin Timberlake, they're all members there. And Cam. Like, it's a great golf course, and you get a real sense of Hollywood. Don't write checks that, that you just can't cash, buddy. I'm just okay, letting you know, buddy. Let me know when you're coming. I'll you're bring my sticks. Out. It'll happen. Uh, and then I'll give you a personalized tour when you come to home and family. We'll get in the golf cart. And we'll drive around the real Universal Studios tour behind the scenes. And you get to go to, like, you know, not the one where you're on the trolley. We give you the real, like, golf cart tour. Yeah. I, uh, and, then, um, and then I'm not your guy to really kind of go out drinking with, but I could set you up with some people that could. I, I just I just booked my ticket to Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, we're pretty excited. We'll be there on the way. I got to tell you, it was pretty fun. Even we, we were on set for, I don't know, like an hour. Yeah. But just the, we saw the Good Place set. We were told this is where uh, they they drove up the hill in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so just to see all these things that were right there in front of the Home yeah. and Family set was pretty And pretty that cool. was only at Home and Family. Like, yeah. That's within throwing distance. And then you've got the whole Universal Studios up the hill where the psycho house is. Oh. Like, it's cool. Did, yeah, it's cool. Cam, did we drive our own car onto the Good Place set to, to snap a quick picture? Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and no, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, very quickly. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In and out. Again. Is it? Was it your? Is it? It's, that was it. That was it. Okay. That was it. Uh, I have one. Uh, one more, uh, and it is this: um, if you could only uh, eat one food every day for the rest of your life, what's that food? And you got to be See, ca- you got to be careful. That's a different question. It is that's a different question than my favorite meal because, like, my last meal would be spaghetti bolognese. But um, I can't really, like, I've got, like, a gluten intolerance, so <laughs> it would be my last meal. You right. know what I mean? Like, I would eat it, that would be going down for the count. Now, if there was going to be something that I would eat for every day for the rest of my life, um, God, but it's something that I even have to like. you gotta, you got to love it. It's tough. Um, it would probably be, well, how about this? How about if I was going to have this, so it's the closest thing to spaghetti bolognese, I would have spaghetti squash bolognese. Okay. Good for you. I like it. Good for you. Cameron, we did it. You're a Um, gentleman and a scholar, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so thankful that you would come. You've been so kind to us. So great on Home and Family. We're so happy uh, that you're doing well, and we're so happy that you're able to join us today. I really appreciate it, guys. You guys do a great job, and we'll see you soon, hopefully in July. I like it. Looking forward to it. See you there. Uh, We we always end by wishing our guests a A Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Deck the Homework is a Bramble Jam podcast Thanks, presented by Friendly TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina at the flagship property studios on East Coffee Street. For more information, go to deckthehomework.com.